0: If you have your Bibles, be opening up to First Timothy chapter one. It's been a great weekend, and a lot of great things have happened here at Forest Park and out at the Bible camp last night. And I hope you've been a part of that. Uh, I really do, because it's been a spiritual feast and a, and a time of great encouragement. And it ought to be a time for us to be on, on a spiritual high. And I know we can't live our lives on those spiritual on those spiritual highs. And at times we got to come down into the valleys, but. But that doesn't mean we don't need those spiritual highs. And they can be incredibly important parts of our life. Let me just say thank you to everyone who made that happen. Uh, I don't know what the count was. Maybe four or 5,000 we had. That's my count. It was a bunch, right? We had a, a, at least everybody was out of their assigned seats this morning. There were so many people here. But I'm, I'm going to tell you the, the comment I get year after year, and I got it again this year from probably four or five people. When they talk about Yes Weekend, the comment that I get is, "You have so many people working, so many people doing so many different things. Uh, people that taught Bible classes, people that people that prepared lunch, people that changed the toilet paper, people that harness people up, people that people that vacuumed the, the aisles. I mean, it's just." It is incredible to look and to see how many people just showed up to work, and that's not just a yes weekend thing that's a christian thing and and, and i think I think we should be proud of that, but I want to say I'm appreciative of that so in whatever way you helped make this weekend a success, you have no idea how you might have impacted a soul this weekend and, and you know it was it was Stuff like Yes Weekend. For me, when I was a teenager, I still have these memories of, of leaving the Dexter Youth Rally in Dexter, Missouri. None of y'all have ever been, but, but that, was the, that was our Yes Weekend. And I remember being convicted that I needed to marry a Christian. And I remember praying to God. I, I have memories of deciding to be a gospel preacher. Those... Not heads that were sitting on this in this audience, you, you don't know. Uh, that's what we're trying to do. So, but we talked about scars, and, and I don't want to re-preach their lessons and, and I don't want to spend a lot of time because I know everybody's tired tonight and it's been a, a long good weekend. But when, when we talked about scars, my my, my mind went to First Timothy chapter one. When Paul talked about some of his scars. He said there in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, he says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Now, there's a reason that he's shocked at this. There's a reason that Paul is is just... some Sometimes people show up and, and they, act as if, they act as if they're God's gift to the church. They're God's gift to God. Those people don't know what amazing grace is. Paul did. And the reason he's saying this, he says in verse 13, For even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, Yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And, and I thought about these things that must go through Paul's mind about the man that he had been. And, and even those things that he understands that he's been forgiven of. He knows that. But, but those, things, those things don't just go away. Those are the scars, right? Right? Those are the scars that you, every, almost every person in this room has on their body in some, in some play, shape, form, or fashion, and nobody may know about it. I bet there's not maybe one or two people in this room that know that I have a really big scar on my knee. Anybody know that besides my wife? Deacon, Deacon you knew that? Okay. I didn't know my son knew that. Anybody else know that? Anybody else been looking at my knees? Nobody nobody knew that. But I want to tell you that that scar came from and I there's a story where I stupidly tried to climb a rusty barbed wire fence and got my first tetanus shot that day and I learned a lesson about life, right? Don't climb rusty barbed wire fences and I bled all over somebody's porch. But there's this story you have with all of your scars. But but those spiritual scars are are, are so much so much more difficult to process. I mean, over time, it's like, yes, where I had surgery, and it's kind of healed up, and there's the story that goes along with it. But, but those spiritual scars, there's sometimes those things like, I just would rather not ever talk about it again. And so Paul becomes this great preacher. Do you think he ever forgot about the awful things he said about Jesus Christ? Do you think he ever forgot well, I know we didn't forget. Do you think he ever thought about Stephen and what it looked like when, when, when a stone collides with someone's head because they preach the same gospel that he was preaching? How, how could, I don't know how he ever preached without thinking about that. you think he ever came to a church gathering? You Remember when the first time that he came to the, to the church at Jerusalem and he said, I want to join you? And those people said, ah. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about him, right? He's a persecutor of the church. Do you think he ever went into a church building or a, church, or a gathering of God's people when that wasn't at least in the back of his mind? And I'm not saying he didn't get used to it or overcome it, but, but that's the scar that he would take with him everywhere that he goes. And so, so he says, that's why I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, that he uses me. And the verse 14, and the grace of our Lord was more abundant with the faith which, and let me start over, and the grace of our Lord was more abundant with the faith and the love which are found in Christ Jesus. Paul was a man with scars. But God, by his grace, took a man who deserved death. He deserved condemnation. Paul would be the very first person to tell you that. It's a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all, among whom I am chief of all. We try to act like we don't have scars. Paul said about his own life, he said that that, that he would glory in his weakness, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And and we just try to hide our weaknesses. You know why, I don't don't like those weaknesses, I don't don't like those scars. but, But the truth is, he turned them into an opportunity to proclaim the grace of God. I'm scarred all over. I can't hide it but let me tell you not about me, let me tell you about our Savior. Let me tell you about His grace. Just like Paul, we are a scarred people. I don't know if you've ever thrown a rock at somebody's head for being a Christian, but you've done things. You've said things. You've been things. You may be scars that you, you know, you keep them under wraps. Maybe you know, you've, you've learned to wear a long sleeve shirt because you don't want to have that conversation, right? But when that happens, and we try to process those things, that's where, what have I done? What have I said? That regret that will eat at you. You ever feel that way? You ever feel that way? I mean, if I was just to start talking about your scars, you didn't even think I knew about them. I don't. I know you got them. I don't really know what scars you got, what scars you don't have. But, but sometimes we, we, it, it causes us to, to isolate ourselves. We talked about the scars of loneliness throughout this week. It's because sometimes when we're trying to process the things that we've done, the things that we've said, the, 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 the person that we haven't been, that we wanted to be and that God wants us to be, but we weren't. Oh, we weren't. And so we will, we will pull back and we'll find ourselves all alone. Sometimes that leads to those scars of addiction. We talked about that this weekend, Right? Those things that, that, that we, out of our shame and out of our difficulty, we, we try to fill we try to fill the void. We try to fill that void that is caused by, by, by the shame in our lives. The, the, there's a movie um, I think I have the right movie, correct me later if I'm wrong, but you ever seen uh, Paul Blart, Mall Cop? And Carrie's seen it, right? And yeah, Well, we'll watch it this week. And, and he's, he's had a bad day, and his life is not what he wants, and he's sitting there at the table, and he's, he's eating waffles. And I think he's putting peanut butter on his waffles. But it, basically what he's trying to do is he's filling the void with food. I know you don't know anything about that but I do. He's filling the void with food, and he has this line where he's, he says something, something to the effect of, of how it, it fills the cracks of the soul. <laughs> and it just always, yeah, what's he doing, right? He just feels so terrible about this, but, you know, this, this just fills those cracks in my life, and how people, that, that's where a lot of addictions come from. I'm trying to find some way out of the mess that I've made of life, the things that I've done, the things that I haven't done, the, the person that I'm not, and and so, and so what I found interesting this week is we talked about addiction is how people fill their lives. And, and yes, sometimes we talk about drugs and alcohol. But, but really, it could be almost anything that we become addicted to where we feel like we can find purpose in those things. Right? Um, you know, we could, we could, sometimes people try to fill those cracks in their soul with working out. Or they try to fill those cracks in their soul with... Uh, with food or you know, so many things I, there was a boy in one of my classes and, and I thought this was kind of funny he's, he's, I, I was asking him for examples and he said well like books <laughs> I was like well you know that wasn't exactly what I was thinking of but, but that for him that's like he goes into his own little world right trying to deal with those scars over over in Ephesians chapter 2. Paul is going to write to the church, and, and it the parallels is interesting to me between 1 Timothy chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 2, because in 1 Timothy, he's talking about his own scars and how they lead and how they lead him to see and to magnify the grace of God. But he's going to take that reality that's his reality, but he also knows that's your reality. He also knows that that's the reality of of the Christians and the church in Ephesus. This is heavy stuff, right? I mean, if you're laughing about this stuff, you're not listening because this, this is heavy stuff. This is painful stuff. Because he says there in Ephesians 2, he says, you were dead in your trespasses and your sins. I think it's good every once in a while for us to remember that we were dead. Well, the Sunday night crowd, right? I don't know, Miss Joanne. How long have you been a member of the church? Long time, right? Longer. I'm, I'll quit talking. You say it. I ain't doing that math, Miss Joanne. Okay. <laughs> Ever since she was twelve years old, longer, longer than I've been alive, right? I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't remember not being a Christian very well. I, I don't. Some of you, you don't either. Sometimes we forget that we were dead. We were lost. We had no hope. And and Paul will come back and say, I want you to to remember that. I don't want want you to wallow in it. I don't want you you to, to constantly live there because we've been redeemed. We've been found. We've been given sight, right? But don't forget where you came from. Don't do that. You were dead. See, there was a Sunday or day that you came in to a gathering of God's people, and you were on the outside. You may be on the inside today, and you've been on the inside for a long time, but there was a day when you were on the outside. You were dead in your trespasses and your sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. You know those people? You all know about those people? All the terrible things they do, the way they live their life, its so godless, it's so so irreverent, right? How about those people that aren't here tonight? You know about those people? You used to live your life the same way. That's what he says. You used to be in their shoes. Don't forget that. If you forget that, you probably won't be evangelistic. But if you remember it, you may be a great evangelist. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature the children of wrath, even as the rest. Which is like everybody else, under condemnation because of our sin. Verse 4, but God, but God being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, He made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved. And He raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus in order that in the ages to come He might show the surpassing riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Your story about how God has taken a wretch like you and healed you, it is an amazing story, not about you. It's an amazing story about your God, about His grace. In order that in the ages to come He might show the surpassing riches of His grace. Your story is one that can be told and can be preached and and be proclaimed and can be an example to the generations to come of the grace of God. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that powerful? He's going to go to the same place that he went in his life. Verse 8, and we'll have a whole month on this. For by grace... You have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. But tell him about what you did to earn your salvation. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast. That's Paul's story. That's my story. That's your story. That's the story of every single Christian. And That's a story we need to share. I was thinking about this weekend, these teenagers, and you can kind of mess your life up pretty bad, pretty early on. We I, we know that, right? Sometimes we act like these teenagers are the only ones; they got scars. No, you know who's got scars? Young people, you know who's got scars? You know, your grandma's got scars. Your grandpa's got scars. Your mama and your daddy, they've got scars. We need to share those stories. Not to wallow in it. Not to say, woe is me. But to say, let me tell you about what God has done. Let me tell you about how God has healed my scars. About how God has taken a wretch and redeemed me. I was uh, speaking once at a gospel meeting, and y'all know I got a bad sense of humor. But they I ask sometimes when you speak for a, they give you a bio, right? And um, Carrie, you know, there's some guys like their bio. It's like it looks like that, right? It's like I got 15 minutes to read their bio. I hate stuff like that. They're boasting in themselves too often, but I try not to do that. And I was trying to shorten my bio, bio shorten my bio, and they gave me this piece of paper, and I just just wrote on it I just wrote uh, Wesley Hazel I'm the wretch that we sing about I'll never forget that because the guy got up Donnie got up and he actually didn't look at what he had on his hands until they got up front and he was like <laughs> I, I had to apologize because anyways that's not he was not what he was uh, yes I went to Fred Hartman, there you go uh, uh, but but sometimes I had to make myself say that because because I forget that I don't like that fact but it's the truth sing it, but I want to proclaim it. Young people, talk to your parents. Talk to your grandparents. Talk to your great-grandparents about God and about their scars and about what God, through the surpassing riches of His grace and kindness towards them and Jesus Christ, has done. Have that conversation with the generations that are above you. Now, Young people, you're going to do with that the same thing I always, that my son does when I tell him you should do this, right? What's, what are you going to do? Probably nothing, okay? So here's what I'm going to tell to you, parents and grandparents. Have the conversation with your young people. Pull aside, pull aside your children, pull aside your grandchildren, and you tell them about the grace of God in your life. Whether they want to hear it or not, you tell them about it because they need to hear it. They don't, they don't need to hear about how you've never had any problems and you've always been the exemplary, the, the exemplary student and always been on a honor roll because you've, you've, never, you've never had a scar in your life. And the reason they don't need to hear that is because they're not going to struggle with that. They're not going to struggle with perfection. They may struggle with humility. But they're not going to struggle with with perfection because they're not perfect. And that's not a shot at your beautiful grandbabies. That's That's a reality of mankind and life. And they need to hear, this is what God can do through His grace? Oh, but so much more. This is what God has done through His grace. And maybe even more powerfully... This is what God is doing through His grace. You have that conversation this week. I, mean, I don't know what your scars are. I really don't. But, but I, know, I know what the grace of God is. I know how God feels about your scars. I know that when Jesus Christ went to the cross, He already knew about your scars. It kind of baffles my mind sometimes. I think sometimes people are worried that if Jesus ever finds out what, what, what we've done or who we've been, that he probably would regret dying for us. Maybe you don't think that way. I think that way sometimes. That's just the devil lying, because the truth is, when Jesus made the choice to go to the cross, he already knew. He already knew. He already knew about that dumb thing, that sinful thing, that, that arrogant thing. That, that He already knew. About my scars and your scars. And that's why He took on His scars. So that we could be redeemed and washed and born again. So I'd ask you, wherever you are in life, if you're outside the body of Christ, come, repent, be baptized, have your sins washed away, arise to walk in the newness of life. If you're being overwhelmed, overwhelmed, By scars, allow Jesus Christ to overwhelm your scars. If you have a need tonight, you come as we stand and as we sing.